0: Hey everyone, welcome to Turntables. Uh, I got my friend Sean with me here today, and uh, we are going to be talking about one of our favorite bands, um, a band that I didn't know we shared in common until recently, but um, nevertheless one of the greatest American rock and roll bands probably ever to face the earth, Uh, that would be Aerosmith. Uh, Sean, thanks for hopping on, appreciate it. I appreciate the invite. Uh, Can't wait to talk about this, uh, this group with you. Yeah, man, you know, so let's start with the Joey Kramer stuff. Uh, so for those of you that don't know, uh, there's been an ongoing uh, fiasco, the la- at least certainly the last couple of weeks, but probably the last year, maybe I would think um, that I could find anyway, that uh, Joey Kramer, the drummer's not playing with the band right now. Um, he had, I guess, an injury or something that, that happened and then um, tried to Get back in the band in December, and they told him that they, he had to rehearse to be in the band for this up, upcoming Grammys stuff that's going to happen. Uh, I guess, what is it tomorrow or is it next weekend? Uh, I think the Grammys are tomorrow, okay? Uh, so yeah, so they told him he had to rehearse. Uh, and when he basically said, Blow it out your ass, uh, he sued, he's suing the band to try and get back in. I guess the judge threw that out, and then he uh, showed up at the rehearsal for this Music Cares thing that happened last night, uh, wasn't allowed in, but then showed up and got on stage with them, accepted the award, but then didn't play. Did did I miss anything? No, that's that's basically the story. Uh,
1: The, what I want to say, the humility that he showed to go up on stage with those guys, knowing he couldn't play, Uh, I was really impressed by that.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I, I dug through some of the stuff on, um, I think, Loudwire and Ultimate Classic Rock had a couple posts about it, and I watched them up on stage, and, like, Stephen Tyler had his arm around him and stuff while they were talking and everything, and it was, like, it was, it looked like they were Aerosmith, but knowing what we know, it was, like, kind of, kind of heartbreaking in a way, because, you know, he had left and then, like, couldn't get back on stage with them, so that, that kind of, that really sucks. Yeah, it's, it's not
1: a great story. Uh, it's definitely bad timing. I love this band growing up. It was pretty much the first band I had to get all of their albums. And to see it in its current state, wow, this has happened before in terms of band members have dropped back out and come back in. Still not a good, I mean, these guys are in their 60s and 70s. I, 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 I just, it's a wish a story we wish we could have uh,
0: avoided yeah for sure and if there's if there's one for me anyway if there's one element of Aerosmith that made them Aerosmith it was how big and loud the drums were like as a kid growing up myself that's what initially attracted me to them I was like holy shit like that's a loud drummer and then once I started watching him play and then of course seeing them live like I just that's the one of the first dynamics I fell in love with it, it for the band so and if you watch this stuff, if you watch them play last night, I don't know who they had playing with, them. nobody that I knew. But yeah. it just seemed like it was so stock. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it wasn't, it wasn't Aerosmith. It was like, I thought it just wasn't them. It didn't sound like it. It was weird. They they found uh, the
1: closest studio drummer uh, down the street to uh, play yeah. in this uh, gig last night.
0: Yeah, like it wasn't like Joey Kramer has a certain rhythm and cadence and just a, a look that he plays. And This guy was like so stiff and just looked like he was literally playing out of a kind of a music book. It was crazy to watch. Yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully they get it resolved. I know Aerosmith uh, was saying that he was not physically or mentally able to be to play for a long time i don't know what but i mean joey kramer's had his history of of problems but i mean i never of all the stuff i've ever seen never showed like it played out on stage you know he never passed out or never you know he never did any crazy shit like steven tyler or joe perry did exactly
1: do you remember a few years ago where uh joe perry and uh uh, steven tyler were on the outs somewhere after uh uh, just push play, but before honking on a bobo. Um, there's a lot of uh, I, I, negative press between them, too, but that's kind of, I guess, part for the course. I know that's not really what we're talking about right now, but it reminded me of that. Seems like every five to seven years, there's something. But this one's obviously the worst one I've seen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those guys, are they have like they, they definitely have a history. When you talk about your your Van Halen uh your genesis you some of the other bands that are just uh yeah oasis black crows like just famously guys that are dicks like aerosmiths always in that conversation uh i don't know i don't personally know that if i didn't know what i know about them that i would pick up on that from seeing or watching them but like when you dig into it you kind of it all comes to surface so um Well, anyway, I mean, let's hope they get that resolved and uh, everything comes back to how it is because he definitely deserves to be in the band, definitely deserves to be playing with them, and there's no reason why, you know, unless there's something that nobody knows publicly going on, I mean, he he deserves to be in the band, for sure.
1: 100% agree. These guys are definitely in the twilight of their rock careers. They need to figure
0: out a way to work it out. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Let's hope they do. And speaking of Twilight of Career, I mean, this has been a band that's been around what 40, 50 years. You right. know, one of the one of the mainstays of of rock and roll. Uh, I know. Again, I didn't know this about you and I, but you know, growing up, one of our favorite bands, uh, certainly someone that I've listened to as long as I've been listening to music. What do you think it is about them that made them? who they are and made them such uh, a classic rock act. Um, well, the song that drew
1: me in uh, was off of the 89 uh, album, Janie's got a gun, uh, the pump album, because, you know, I'm, fortunately I wasn't old enough to, you know, be alive to see them in their first uh, peak back in the seventies. But uh, Janie got a gun was basically the gateway song for me to figure out what this band was. And uh, I just, I just like the way they laid it down. Uh, You could hear all five musicians playing. I I just like the way it was like classic quintessential rock music that you know what you're getting when you're going in and you know they're going to deliver a similar but always different sound every time they, you know, strap on the guitars and, uh, you know, get behind the kit
0: yeah so pump was the first album that you heard uh yeah i was
1: um that would have made me i don't know uh 11 12 years old uh and that was the first album that i owned owned i had had a couple singles before like on 45 vinyl you know putting my age out there but uh yeah (laughs) that was the first album that i owned owned and uh that then i had to have it all you know i I started uh, with the help of my father we uh he had an amazing vinyl collection still does but uh we went back and uh he, he got me into the rest of it starting with uh, their first album with dream on and yeah that's what awesome. was your first uh, I... song
0: um or maybe an album if it wasn't just a song you know get a grip was the first time i remember being conscious of aerosmith and that's like super late but when i went when i started working backwards then I fu- I found permanent vacation and pump and uh, uh, draw the line and like all the all the cl- what you consider classic aerosmith. Uh, but I think um, get a grip was a, was the first album, and I think maybe crying just because of how huge that song and those videos were was like yeah. that just caught me at a time when I was like, you know, MTV was still on. And I was, I, was you know, I watched it all the time. And then I started listening to that album religiously. And I think also, too, because of where I was uh, maturity wise, uh, the content <laughs> of that no. album really, really caught me. And I'm like, oh shit, like, the, you know, and then you start watching the videos and kind of tying it all together. And obviously, with Aerosmith, one of the undercurrents has always been sexuality. And I think for whatever reason, just that time there's there's get a grip uh uh voodoo lounge by the rolling stones and octone baby by u2 which were all around the same time uh yeah. were like three albums that i consider to be the albums that like i crossed over you know what i mean like i hit everybody yeah. at those albums and those were the ones that like pushed me forward um so yeah yeah get a grip for sure. And I still love the album this day. I can listen to it front to back without skipping a track. I thought
1: the gap between Pump and Get a Grip, for me as a kid, was a lifetime. Because it was 89 to 93. And yeah. that just seemed like an eternity. Especially when you're going through you know, the beginnings of high school. By the time Get a Grip rolls around. Um, and I would read in Rolling Stone that they went back and added tracks. Uh, they added uh, Eat the Rich. And I can't remember the other song. That wouldn't have made it on the original which uh, I can't imagine I'm without starting with Eat the Rich. You know, if it was yeah. starting with Get a Grip, I, I would have found that album to be definitely a different, different album.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Eat the Rich is like such a, oh my God. Like it's not, it's not a Aerosmith hitter, but you're right. Like you can't have that album without that song for sure. Um, what do you think, you know, we talked a little bit, in the last week or two about like different periods um you have like the early aerosmiths you have like the 80s kind of late 70s early 80s uh stuff and then the stuff that got through grunge what i mean they kind of like peaked and then dropped and then peaked again i think that has a lot to do with when some of the guys left the band when you think
1: yeah when joe perry started the joe perry project which uh to this day i've never listened to uh have you ever heard that
0: I have it in my iTunes library. I've listened to a couple of tracks and it's phenomenal, but I never like, I never really like soaked it in now.
1: Um, personally, I like obviously the 73 through 77. Uh, that's just like gold. Like that's their peak time for me, but it could change. One thing I've noticed about myself, it depends on where I am in my life. Like what, what's the best part of an artist's career. Um, and you know, there's a lot of sneaky tracks on that mid uh, section of their career, like "Night in the Ruts." I've listened to that album a lot, and there's you know, there's some clunkers on there, but there's some uh, songs on there. That I'm pulling up the track listing right now that uh, I definitely would put in a playlist. And uh, then, of course, I think they became what they are today with uh, "Permanent Vacation" in '87. There's three songs that were definitely put on there to get them in the spotlight with Ragdoll, Dude Looks Like a Lady, and uh, Angel. I would say those yep. two were definitely like the new, more accessible Aerosmith, if that makes any sense. Maybe more MTV-friendly. And we I mean, we can't say The Resurgence without Run DMC being there as well. Yep.
0: So. Yeah, I mean, that's... I'm uh, that, uh, going off on another, not tangent, but just another thing. I know, thing, so, yeah. the Rock and roll... Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, like Run DMC, BC Boys are probably the only two are uh, hip hop uh, acts that I'm okay with being in there just because of their ties directly to things like Aerosmith. I mean sabotage is basically a rock song. Uh, yeah you know so there's like you know uh, but run DMC for sure. Uh, and that crossover was I mean mammoth. it was it completely, I think relaunched both of their careers um also yeah you want to know the secret night yeah. in the ruts probably yeah. top three albums from aerosmith for sure uh, yeah, uh reefer headed woman three my, i love that song. I gonna, three miles to mile reefer headed woman and then even though it's still on this album uh lord of the thighs three of my favorite aerosmith songs
1: yeah and uh you know i, I actually uh missed i thought this song was on there but Joni's butterfly off Rockin' a hard place is really good yeah, yep. yeah, that's what I. Really, for some reason, really I good. thought it was on Night in the Ruts. So that was
0: a. Uh... Even though I wasn't uh huge into Aerosmith yet, there was a period early on when I started listening to a lot of mainstream rock and things. When I had, uh Classics Live One and Two and Live Bootleg, and mm-hmm. those still to this day are three of my favorite live albums. But the the power on those records and the way that those songs come across like i said there's a there's a stint on the first classics live three for hit, it's a three mile smile, three for hit a woman lord of the thighs that run just is incredible and teaching myself to play drums lord of the thighs is actually one of the songs i learned how to kind of pick up timing and rhythm uh, because there's so much going on there and i broke it down piece by piece but um, oh my god! I, I love those songs. I love those those albums. They're amazing live albums.
1: Do you have their box set, Pandora's box?
0: I do. Yeah. Uh,
1: they have those early renditions. Their live stuff, like walking the dog, uh, that cover that they do is it's just amazing. Like the, the stuff that you you know they're playing clubs in Boston and they throw it on the Pandora, uh, Pandora's box box set and I'm like, this is great.
0: Yeah, I mean. Uh pandora's box you know it's one of those things where for me like box sets are box sets and unless i really have a reason to dive into them i usually don't but i started going through pandora's box today actually just because i I was reading about live bootleg again and i'm like wait a minute there's an alternate version of kings and queens they re-recorded that for the album version the original version is on pandora's box i'm like holy shit so I went on, and I started listening to that, and then I started combing through. I'm like, oh my god, there's so many things I should have listened to already that are on that box.
1: Yeah. It's when awesome. do you think
0: the uh, original Decline
1: was? Like, what album? What's your opinion?
0: Um, I'm looking at the discography
1: know, in front of me here.
0: Yeah, I mean, I. you would almost have to say Draw the Line, Night in the Ruts, rocking a Hard Place, because that's not... I mean, Draw the Line is... I, I don't necessarily wouldn't call it a decline, but what I would say about it is that that was obviously a period where like some shit was going on and yeah, uh, the album, while it has some really strong songs, I mean, critical mass is incredible. Um, you know, that led to night in the ruts and then rock in a hard place. So, I mean, those two albums, even though they're not considered like huge albums, um still great in my opinion i know you feel the same but i I don't think that that's that would probably be where i would pinpoint it what do you think
1: yeah i would i would agree uh honestly i think rock bottom is done with mirrors but i don't know what your thoughts are on that
0: yeah i man the first three songs on done with mirrors let the music do your talk do the talking my fist your Mm. face and shame on you awesome songs the rest of the album's garbage <laughs> I, I just yeah like really, they could have just did
1: a three track ep it would have been great yeah. like uh, allison changed Dora fly style like just a real quick in and out
0: yep so. yep yeah and then because because two years later you've got permanent vacation so it's like they you know and then they just they they launched back into the stratosphere because you know, you've got so many so many good records after that uh and yeah. I know you and I talked the other day about Nine Lives. I mean, that was the first time I saw Aerosmith, and oh, nice. that album still one of my favorites. You know what I mean? So, so many good songs. Um, let's see what else. So, uh, Sweet Emotion. I want to just point out probably the quintessential maybe Aerosmith song. Um, okay. Also, probably. Um, that was the one that got, that got the hook in me for Aerosmith. There, there, you know, there's, there's songs I picked up later. Like I already said, like Lord of the thighs and stuff, but like sweet emotion was the first one that um, playing in a band and playing that song and then listening to it. And then, you know, like it's just one of those ones for me. That's like, I don't know, it's like a warm fuzzy place. I just feel good. listening to that song. Uh,
1: first time you listened to that, did you hear Joe Perry talking through the guitar? You know, in the intro when he's saying Sweet Emotion, I, it took me like I was embarrassed when I figured <laughs> out he was actually talking Peter Frampton style right through the uh, yeah. the guitar.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know that I, I necessarily picked up on it at first, but uh, now I can't I can't not hear it. Yeah, uh, even if somebody else is playing the song and they don't have the box, I still hear it in my head playing that song.
1: Yeah, you know, you're like, oh, just a channel's out or something. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. You can still hear it.
0: There's um, on the, I don't want to miss a thing. Uh, uh-huh. Wait, was it, I don't want to miss a thing? No, it was the greatest, the first greatest hits album, the one with the red cover. Uh, yeah. They did like a remix version of that, kind of. There's some things I pinpoint that are different, and it sounds actually uh, a lot better, I think, than what's on... Um, toys in the attic. Uh, I'll have just to listen with, to that
1: because I have a re, uh, the redo they did when they shot the video for it in the mid nineties. Do you remember that? Yeah, they shot a video yeah. for, it and it was uh, a a guy calling into a one nine hundred number on the video, and uh, that was this you know the theme of the sweet emotion uh, video. But uh, that was on a bootleg that I got the night big ones came out. The big ones was their hits. oh my god. But here's the kicker. I bought two albums that night at midnight. It was Aerosmith Big Ones and Nirvana Unplugged. They both came out on the same day. Holy shit. Really? I don't remember that. Wow. Yeah. There's some uh, random trivia for you. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, both albums that
0: I own uh, that are incredible, but I didn't know they came out the same day. That's awesome. Oh, huh, cool. <laughs> um, what. Uh, you have done in the notes that we had, were sharing, you, know, you wrote about the, the Vegas gig. What did you what did you want to say about that? I think that is the perfect way
1: to land the proverbial plane for them is to do the Vegas gig. Uh, I mm-hmm. feel like that's they are Vegas like their show is probably uh, a better product than Vegas deserves. But I think it works for them the way Steven handles himself and you know the lyrics that he uh spits if you will um i think that band in vegas are a match made in music heaven
0: yeah Uh, you know go ahead go ahead ahead. i was just gonna say i I caught i caught some stuff on youtube that i was watching from the vegas shows and uh i i I agree with you i think it's incredible they sound so good um still one of those bands that from the beginning or now 50 years later, they still sound incredible. There's nothing that dropped off at all. And yeah, yeah you're right. That's set. That's an area that's set up for them. is, is, is perfect. Hmm. What, um, what else are we going to talk about here? Uh, permanent vacation. Let's hit on that for a minute, because that okay. is an album that, uh, You know, like we said a few minutes ago, kind of relaunch them and uh, let's talk about the set list on there because there's a lot of underrated songs. You've got yeah.
1: you know, Angel. I'm going to start with uh, Hangman Jury is my favorite song. Oh, my God. So good. It's so good. Uh, If I don't want to hear one of the
0: hits, I play that first. Yeah. Hangman Jury, uh, St. John is such a weird song, but I love it. Yes. It's definitely different. Um, And one thing that freaked me out growing up, going discovering this album for the first time, was Mm -hmm. the beginning of Hearts Done Time, when there's like the uh, underwater, like it sounds like he's drowning. Right. That freaked me out. It kind of still does to this day, listening to it, but it's like (laughs) that that song is such a good, talk about good lead-ins for albums, it's such a good lead-in. Um, for a record. I absolutely love it. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, uh, that's the Rebirth right there. That's the uh, album that started the all that in the DMC video. Yeah. And interesting, too, they started doing this, I think, with this record, but that track, the movie at the end, it's just like an yes. instrumental. Um, it was really cool because they did some of that on Pump. They did some of it on Get a Grip. Uh, and they did they do that on Nine Lives really at cool. Falling Angels? Sorry, I
1: didn't mean to talk uh, about
0: No, you're fine. No, I don't think there was uh, yeah. anything on Nine Lives. Like you said, Fallen Angels, I think that's an actual track. I haven't listened to that one in a while. But yeah, I, had, I just didn't uh, know if there was
1: anything after that. Like Because you know at the end of Amazing they do that. Uh, yeah. Almost radios, ragtime. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
0: And, uh, you know that second era of Aerosmith uh, you got permanent vacation pump get a grip nine lives which we talked about the other day you know I kind of think that's where the second uh, the second reign of Aerosmith kind of drops off because that album I love personally it's a great record uh, pink and um, uh, falling in love uh, two mammoth songs from that from that record and then you kind of didn't hear anything for a while i mean just push play was 2001 but other than jaded that's that there wasn't really anything that came around that time yeah do
1: you remember just push play being in the dodge commercials for trucks
0: no no yeah
1: like that was their whole like line uh like when they really we re- designed the dodge ram they used aerosmith's just push play yet again another random aerosmith trivia fact for you <laughs> wow um, i don't remember any of that that's crazy yeah, just hop on the YouTube and just Google Just Push Play sometime with the Aerosmith and you'll, uh, Dodge Ram and you'll see it.
0: Um,
1: yeah. How do I say this? Let's see. Um, so I feel like I know you. I love Nine Lives. I, I like Get a Grip better. I think there was a slight decline between the two albums of Get a Grip and Nine Lives. But you know that's why music's great because it's subjective to everyone, and everyone has their own opinion. Uh, While Nine Lives was still really solid, I think Get a Grip was pretty much the apex. Uh, And do we put Alicia Silverstone and Liv Tyler from the videos up there with Run DMC as uh, you know support pillars of their apex?
0: Yeah, I think you have to. I think you have to because there's you you couldn't turn the channel without that one of those videos being on. <laughs> and, and that's what that's what I remember. That you know, get the Get a Grip album and those videos. That's what, like, that was my introduction to Aerosmith. And Nine Lives, yeah. I mean, there, there is a, I don't know that that middle era, Permanent Vacation, Pump, Get a Grip. That's like you're gonna give someone Aerosmith for the first time. That's what you want them to have. I think. But yeah. Nine Lives is, like, is a good kind of filler. Again, even though there's some really huge songs on there, um, I think that maybe that was like the last gasp, because everything after that, like Just Push Play was okay. Bobo, it was a good album, but weird. And I it never heard Bobo, Redemption. full
1: disclosure. Really? I, I had no interest in listening to a blues album from Aerosmith. It just at that time of my life, and now I listen to a ton of jazz
0: and blues, but uh, not then. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. It's just weird, like you know, I like Roadrunner, um, well Jesus on the Mainline, Baby Please Don't Go, like good songs. They, they did them as Aerosmith songs, which was neat, but I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know that I needed that. <laughs> like, I don't know that I needed an Aerosmith blues album, but I mean that's just my, my opinion.
1: Before you get to their, I guess the last album, right? Technically, their last original album. Um, yeah. So, you think the song Nine Lives could have been dropped into anywhere on the Pump album? No one would have known the difference. That's how good the song is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It like, has a real sure. pump
1: feel to it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because the rest of the album has, like, um, how do you describe it even? I don't know. I mean, there's. I'm going to say a, polished. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Hole in My Soul. Full circle, ain't that a bitch? Ain't like that those, a bitch. those songs are they're awesome, and they do have a different feel. Yeah, you're right. Nine Lives, you can you can plug and play almost anywhere. Uh, full way, circle it, is it would a good song. I'm just gonna throw that out there. <laughs> I like um, I like uh, Crash just because I like big up tempo stuff, and yeah. um, and I like the Farm because it's so weird, but I love it. Great song. Yes. And then you know, tragically, <laughs> like music from another dimension. I haven't even listened to because I, I just was like, Ugh, I don't. Uh, that makes right. two of us. Yeah, I have it just because I'm I, I'm I'm OCD about my my collection, so it's in my library, but I I've never listened to it. So, um, yeah, but very interesting that uh, you've got a band like Aerosmith that's been around for so long, still making. Uh, good music still sounding incredible all that yeah. you know personal kind of crap aside um, you can't deny their place in in music history for sure and thank god they're not one of those bands that we've talked about that aren't in the rock and roll hall of fame because
1: yeah that um, would be a uh a huge miss by those guys running the rock and roll hall of fame which is as divisive as yeah. ever
0: um yeah <laughs>
1: so i gotta ask you this because this is how i was as much as i listened to aerosmith like their stuff wasn't making it into my playlists when i was like listening to the seattle scene like if i was putting a mixtape together yeah. they, they were kind of separate was it that way for you as well although you said you were getting into them later in the 90s when grunge was on its way out um i mean we're talking i was a freshman when never Nevermind and 10 came out you know what i'm saying uh, Aerosmith's pump yep. is just it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit, and it's just as good, just different. Yeah,
0: no, I I'm I agree hundred percent. I uh my my earliest recollection of listening to anything grunge obviously was ten. Okay, because uh, I was just the first record that caught my attention. And then all of a sudden, like I started started filtering in Soundgarden, and then uh, you know Nirvana was coming around and things like that. So uh, I I have a tendency to pick up on things a little bit later though. But that scene at that time, uh, I was mainstream. I was mainline in that shit right in. Like it was just all of all of that type of music was coming in. Aerosmith, I picked up on like I said a little bit later And I thought. Oh, this is this is kind of cool. Uh, well, I like this. What is it? And I started looking into it. And all of a sudden, it just opened up this whole other door to all this classic rock stuff uh, that I had never knew existed. Because I, I got all of my influences really late. You know, okay. uh, I've talked about what were you into before this. that, though. I don't know that I was into anything to be honest with you. Like I okay. went through a I went through a country phase when I okay. was young when I was younger. Um, and so I listened to a lot of like Garth Brooks, Alan Jackson, George Strait, and a lot of like the, the big time country guys. Uh, and then when I got about the time I was in the high school, um, I, I, maybe I told you this story, I don't know, but I was, uh, in driver's ed class and the kid that I was in the car with, I was in the passenger seat, he was in the driver's seat. He said, we weren't supposed to have any music on. <laughs> But he was like, "I'm gonna put this. I'm gonna put this in. I want you to listen to it. See so what you think." Pops in uh, "Rain Song" by Zeppelin and "Houses of the Holy." So, and that blew my mind because I never heard anything like that. That song was my introduction to everything I listened to today. Um. So beyond that, then I got into Pearl Jam, and then I got into, like I said, Soundgarden, Nirvana. Uh, Aerosmiths uh, I mean black crows there's a lot of stuff that that kind of falls Metallica uh, obviously that kind of like falls in line But it all started yeah. with that that um, that Zeppelin song and to go back to your question no I did not I, I was very focused on the Seattle stuff for a very long time before I got into anything else
1: yeah I would say would like Aerosmith would backburner when there wasn't a new album out, if that makes any sense. So when Get a Grip mm-hmm. dropped in the in the peak of grunge, it was just a almost a uh, Jekyll and Hyde approach to it in terms of, like, I'd, I would make a mixed CD, or I guess a mixed tape. There was no mixed CDs in 93. <laughs> not not cheap ones, anyway. Um, no, no. And, and it just wouldn't be on it. Uh, but it didn't mean I didn't like them less and I would make Aerosmith mix tapes, if you will. Um, yeah. So that's that.
0: I yeah, I think I think Aerosmith was once I started getting really heavy into Aerosmith and listening to other stuff, then I separated away from some of the stuff I've been listening to for a long time. All that Seattle stuff—it was still there. It was still I still loved it, but then I because then for whatever reason, uh, there was a lot of other mainstream entertainment that I found myself interacting with Aerosmith, Saturday Night Live, Wayne's World. Uh, oh yeah. The longest sketch in SNL history, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, some last time I was like, these guys are everywhere. And then, of course, the videos, Forget a Grip, and all that. And it just like, then I got sucked in. And then by that time, I was full on. Went to see them in state college on the Non Lives tour. Uh, Just, yeah, it just immediately became
1: one of my favorite acts. Out there. I was fortunate enough to see them at Hershey when it was GA up front. You could just get to the front oh my uh, God. for the get a <laughs> grip tour. So literally it was just the bouncers and, and that fence between me and the front. It was, it was real nice. And, uh, That's awesome. first show back in 89 dad sat in the car while I went into the show with my best friend at the time. And we went to see us with the black crows. <laughs>
0: oh my God. That's yeah. incredible, and that that's was Black Crow's
1: first album. I guess that you know broke them into the industry. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, that's awesome. You mentioned something a little earlier, uh, your dad. You know, so talk to me about what, like, that influence and how he opened you up to some of the early stuff and and. Things well, he like was that. always a big classic rock guy.
1: Um, he listened to uh, if you get for any local. Uh, People that are going to listen uh, 93.5 WTPA back in the day. And uh, his vinyl collection was extensive. I mean, he had some really out there classic rock that I would have never known about. Like he got me into Jethro Tall. He, uh, once he found out I liked Aerosmith, you know, he's getting the vinyls out and we're starting with, you know, the first album, and I think it was 73, and uh, just going through them. And then he would, uh, he had a stereo system where he could put them to cassette for me and uh i like oh i want this album i want that album and uh he was a big you know what because there was a phase there before aerosmith where uh you don't even want to know what i was listening to I'm, I'm kind of ashamed but uh you can you can imagine what was big in the uh pseudo hip-hop world in 88 89 with big baggy Pants. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> is there any so, pictures that exist <laughs> uh i have there's some pictures of me with skids on if you remember skids
0: Oh they were the big flannels,
1: yeah. Uh, That's awesome. Good
0: times. That's incredible. Uh, cool, man. Well, I mean, we 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 covered the uh, covered a lot here, and you know, Aerosmith, like we said, classic uh, act, uh, one of our favorites. It's kind of cool to to find that out after how long I've known you. I I don't can't believe we've always talked about Seattle stuff. We never talked really about too much about anything else. So it's cool to find out that. We've got another band that we can discuss and and talk about. And yeah, uh, before before we before we sign off, do you think you can give me a like a top five songs or top five records for Aerosmith? Uh, top five records uh, or top
1: five songs? Okay, that's gonna be uh, "Walk This Way" is up there. I'm not gonna put it in any order, but I'll give you five. Okay, that's okay. Yeah, "Walk This Way," um, "Sweet Emotion." Nine Lives. I really like that song. Um, Mm -hmm. Man, this is a. uh, I'm going to go (laughs) because, yeah, you are. That's all right. I'm not going to go radio hits all the time, too. So, um, Hangman Jury, uh, Joni's Butterfly, and let me go one more here. Man, living on the edge
0: oh man that's a good one that's the one i couldn't i was trying to think of when we were talking about get a grip and i couldn't remember that video too was was awesome uh yeah the guy from
1: terminator was not it the kid yeah yeah such a good song so what's your um, note no, out of order top five
0: yeah out of order top five uh so moving out from the first record every yeah. time they play that live so awesome uh lord of the thighs for sure one of my favorites um Sweet Emotion, probably the most mainstream track that I really, really love, like I said. um, Let's see. What else? Uh, reef for Headed Woman and Um Three Mile Smile. I'm going to put those together only because, you know, those two records, uh, Classics Live and Live Bootleg, they're back-to-back, and they sound really good that way. So that would probably be my... What'd I say? Three, four. And then um, I think probably Shut Up and Dance. That's a classic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I got to add a six. I got to add a six because I'm mad I didn't think of it. Back in the saddle. Oh, damn it. Yes.
0: I mean, you could say Last Child then, too.
1: Yeah, that that song "Back in the Saddle" is the way to start off an album.
0: Yeah, "Back in the Saddle." They're
1: really short. good at starting off albums.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they are. Side note: If you want to hear something really, really cool, there's a band uh, that I'm really absolutely love uh, right now. They're brand new. They're called Dirty Honey. I don't know if you see me mm-hmm. post about them. Um, yeah. Only unsigned rock act to ever have a number one record, which is pretty cool. Wow. Um, but they just it's only on Amazon Music uh right now, but they just released a cover of Last Child. It's a fucking amazing. Uh I forget who it was. Was it Steven Tyler or Joe Perry? No, Tom Hamilton uh went on Twitter and, and tagged them and was like, This this is an incredible cover and they they geeked out about it. it was pretty cool. Oh uh, check it out. So yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, so that would be that would be my top five for sure. So again, I'm, I I'm, I'm just happy we didn't talk my, about oh the
1: Armageddon song. No, uh, no. <laughs> that was, but you know what? There's a generation that knows that's their only song.
0: Uh, Ugh. that's what well, my wife, like, oh my god, my wife is like obsessed with Steven Tyler, first of all, which is a cool thing, but she she goes to the country album and I don't want to miss a thing. And I'm like, why? It's, it's awful. I, I it just that kills me if that that's their only number one song, like, really. Yeah, I don't want to miss a thing. Um, I don't know, I don't get it. It was a, a, a hit a moment in time, you know what I mean? But I, yeah, I wouldn't really waste any, any time on it. Um, yeah. also, you mentioned real quick, I just thought about something. You mentioned big ones earlier. Um, Walk on Water, Blind Man, and Deuces Are Wild, even though that was uh, on the Beavis and Butthead soundtrack, I think. Um, uh, yeah. three awesome kind Of, like, off the cuff Aerosmith songs,
1: yeah. Walk on Water
0: and A Blind Man, I like a lot,
1: and they could have made any album, especially post uh, permanent vacation. Yeah, uh, yeah. Deuces Are Wild was definitely different. I can't believe that was a B side from the Pump album because it sounds nothing like the rest of that
0: album. Yeah, yeah, there's um, there is a collection uh called Aerosmith Gold that's floating around out there that has a bunch of b-sides on it and that's one of them uh there's like a whole like probably five or six songs right in a row that i had never heard of so i had to like research them all um and love me two times doris cover really cool uh, really cool song and a couple other ones that were that were b-sides that you know didn't make it on a on a record but really good really good tracks
1: so there's an aerosmith
0: cover of love me two times yeah Wow. Yeah, if you go, go on uh, go on Apple Music and look up that gold album, it's on there.
1: Yeah, I always thought a song that was begging to be covered by Steven Tyler in his prime was Back in Black by ACDC.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. That would have been awesome.
1: Yeah, I kept hoping, but it never happened.
0: It's <laughs> so. awesome. Good stuff, man. Well, hey, thanks for uh, thanks for hopping on with me, buddy. I appreciate it. We'll have to do it again. And uh, you know, this was a, a good conversation. Everybody that listens, if you enjoy what you heard, make sure you uh, hit the subscribe button. Uh, you can find us on uh, Anchor and any other uh, major platforms that are out there: Apple Podcast, Spotify. You won't get some of the fun stuff like the intro music, but on Anchor you will. And uh, make sure you give us a subscribe. And Sean, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye.